You're listening to a Count Out Podcast. Curtis, here on the Okada Shorts podcast, normally we're all about wearing shorts, but today we're about wearing something else. That's right, the tracksuit of a young lion. We're joined by the one and only Michael Richards from the Farley Dojo. How are you, my man? I'm very good, thank you. A little bit tired because I don't usually wake up this early, but here we are. Here and I'm is. ready. <laughs> <laughs> that is it. Broadcasting live from New Zealand. Uh, we appreciate your time, my man. That zip you guys heard was literally the zipping up of a tracksuit jacket. It was awesome. <laughs> I've, uh, I've managed to collect a couple over the years. Uh, a quick anecdote to break the ice before we get started. Uh, the very first time we went to the, the Tonkin shop, uh, we were in there and we were looking for merch. It's, uh, and we, we'd had a, quite a few strong zeros that day and we're in there. And then we see down on the lower shelf, what is that I spy? It's the red and black of a Young Lions tracksuit. And we look at them. And they're four hundred dollars Australian, and we go, Holy they're four hundred bucks, and then we go, but we are drunk, and then three people walk out of that place <laughs> in fucking matching tracksuits, yeah. head to toe, and <laughs> that became like our travel uniform for all the trips. Like we just, you know, wear those. And, and got to be honest, it's pretty convenient to know like that's the jacket I'm wearing, and I would just layer things. But also yeah. very funny interactions with the lovely people of Japan because they quite often come up and ask me player like are you a wrestler for new japan and i'm like no no i'm a fan and then they're like wait here and then they'll like bring me gifts like they're like grab me posters from their walls from when like new japan was touring through and stuff like that it was one guy we heard somebody yelling down the street and a little man comes running down after us it's like new japan new japan we're like yeah and he goes here and no joke handed me like six posters he owned a little a little shop or whatever and he's like oh here you go, fans. <laughs> like, just on the street. It was amazing. Yeah. But, oh. but, but that's what it is. Anyway, completely derailed the show. Let's have a roll call <laughs> real quick. Curtis, why don't you tell everybody what this even is? All right. Well, the boys from the shorts are back. Hey, it's the International Wrestling Grand Prix, the Kings of Pod style, the King of Shorts, Okada Shorts podcast. This is your good friend, Curtis Spears. That right there, that's your bad friend, Rafe Houston. What up? You're supposed to say what up there. <laughs> You always hope. There you yeah, I know. it's very early. <laughs> and yes, today from the from the New Zealand dojo, Mr. Michael Richards, star of the Lions hey. Roar program, and star of New Japan Tamashi, and uh, star of our hearts and souls. Uh, how you doing, buddy? All right. Yeah, I'm. I'm doing very good, bro. Like I'm just hanging in there, training hard, and just waiting for the next opportunity. That arises. Absolutely. Uh, I, I think it was pretty evident from the documentary that you're one of the hardest 
working uh, young lions going right now, and it, it was nothing but an impressive story. Um, why don't we just rewind all the way to the start, oh. though? Though let's let's just yep. go quick, 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 quick back to when you were first exposed to pro wrestling and how that then went on to inform this entire journey, really. So when did you first see pro wrestling and, and become a fan, I guess? Mm. Well, I guess it would have first started, like, my father, he got a PS2 for his birthday. This I think it was maybe 2001 or 2002, something yeah. like that. And one of the demos on the PS2 was, uh, I think it was SmackDown, Know Your Roll or Shut Your Mouth, one of those old games, right? Great games. And oh. I through the characters Classic and games. There's, there was this guy with a mask and I was like, what the fuck, who's this guy? And it was Kane and I was just taken away by it. Um, and all these characters like Triple H, The Rock and all that. But then a few years passed and I kind of stopped playing it. I kind of forgot about it. But then a friend of mine, he joined school and for class one day we had to do some silent reading. I didn't have anything to read. So he starts handing me all these wrestling magazines and you had like Batista, Tori Wilson, the boogeyman and all that. And I was like, holy shit, this is, this is wrestling. Yeah. And then he came over to my house one night at like 11 PM. We just watched raw and I believe it was edge and Matt Hardy. They were going through that real life feud. Yes. And it was then being like, constant watching just all the time and that's when i pretty much fell in love with it yeah that that was that was when the bug hit it's it's funny i was also uh exposed to pro wrestling through a magazine first as well so i was was in school and you know kids swap stuff i had like this marker it's called a posca it's like a a big yellow paint marker i guess graph kids would use it or something i don't know how i had it i think i traded it from another kid but this one kid wanted it probably to do graffiti now I think about it because he was a little fuckhead but uh anyway he had a wrestling magazine and he yeah, and yeah. he swapped with me and and it was the same like all these larger than life characters you know it's like like the Hulkster yeah. on the front or whatever and in the middle was like a big sort of like fold out or at least a, I remember it being huge but I'm sure it was only like just one page of the ultimate warrior and I was like what is this you know, and then it, yeah. it would be it would be a little while later before I then went on to like rent VHSs and, and find it and stuff. But those yeah. WWF magazines were so cool, and they were a huge yeah. part of like my ongoing fandom because I would then even we didn't have, and I'm sure it was the same for you in New Zealand. Like it didn't have it on TV easily, no. and so yeah. like I used to buy the WWF magazine every month when it came out and sort of catch uh, up on everything. And then when eventually the next pay-per-view would come out on VHS or then DVD, I would sort of already know what's happening, you know, leading up to it kind of thing. Was it the same for you? Did you stay on with the magazines or or did it more become about like watching it on the internet? I was on the magazines for quite a bit, Mm -hmm. but then when my friend told me it was on at a certain time on like Friday nights, I've made sure every Friday night to keep on watching yeah, um, yeah. So 2007 was when I started ordering the pay-per-views mm-hmm. and watching weekly. Yeah, that's it. And were you watching it on, like, I guess, did, does Sky, New Zealand have uh, Foxtel or, yeah, is it Sky or? I had a thing called Sky One. Okay, yeah. Um, and like every, I think, Sunday was SmackDown and I think uh, Wednesday was Raw because of, like, a delay or something like that. Yeah, okay then. Uh, 
Well, that, that, that's yeah, pretty cool. Yeah. Paul, that you could actually watch the um, the regular shows. For us, I, I yeah. didn't end up being able to watch like Raw until, geez, like my first year of university. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I moved, I moved to, to Perth and uh, I had a friend who had uh, like um, Foxtel, which is like Australian, you know, cable or whatever. And they had, you know, irregularly. We would go around every week or whatever and rent pizzas and stuff and watch Raw, like when it was on. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I'm sure for Curtis over there, smirking in his ivory kingdom of living in yeah. and growing up in America, I'm sure it was around you the yeah. entire time, right? <laughs> I'm, I'm just thinking about how, how much I took that for granted. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I took it for granted, that, like how much wrestling there was. Like I remember, you know, every Monday uh, after school, I'd just sit there and count the hours until Raw and Nitro came on. And I, I remember that, like, I had a TV that had the buttons on the top, yeah. you know, and I would sit there and I, I, 24 was where Raw would come on, yeah. 27 was where Nitro would come on. And I just sit there and, and I, I, w- I wouldn't sit down for the entire two or three hours those shows were on. <laughs> and I just sit in there and click back and forth between the two. Yeah. So that yeah. was, I, I never thought of, of it being so hard to find in other places. That's, I mean, yeah. uh, you know, I was fucking 12. So what did I know? But like... <laughs> Yeah, that's that's wild to me, man. We we had to work for it a little bit. So when you started uh, reading the pay per views, you're right into it. How, how old are you, you then, Michael? Like, are you getting into uh, high school, and do you still stick with it, or, or do you start to fall out of it? Like I, people do was, come back around. I was in intermediate, so I was possibly like, uh, like 11, 11, 12. Okay, yep. 11, 12 years old. That's when I started like watching on a consistent basis uh-huh. and following them. Yeah, that's awesome. And then do you stick with it all through high school and after that? Because I, I was into it like all through high school and stuff secretly because nobody else knew what the fuck wrestling was in Australia. <laughs> and also I didn't want to be bullied or teased. But uh, I was a scared young man. But uh, once I, I got to uni, I had a few friends who were watching it, but then it wasn't like I sort of got out of it. I ended up playing in bands and like doing things for, for years. No joke, I was out of wrestling for about 10 years though. I sort of kept yeah. a prize with it. It's soon, but when it dragged me back, it dragged me back. Huge. Did you yeah. did you ever have a period where you're away for it, or was it kind of like this is um, something that's huge in my life? So, no. So from like 2007 through to 2013, um, I watched it like all the time. But as I started training and my wrestling career started to pick up, I couldn't watch it all the time. Yes, but I still knew going on through like uh, wrestling uh, websites and all that jazz uh-huh. uh, but no I've I've always been kept in the loop with wrestling yeah um, nowadays I don't watch WWE or anything I pretty much just watch New Japan yeah, that's yeah. all I watch now yeah yeah and so how old were you then when you started to look at training like were you playing sports and stuff in high school and you were like oh maybe I could do this or for you was it like a laser focus like I am going to be a wrestler I'm going to find a way to train I'm going to do these things um, so, uh, I played soccer for like, mm, I'd say 13 years. Um, and I, in the beginning I wanted to be a professional soccer player, but then I started to change my mind when people younger than me started to become better than me. And that kind of, I didn't really like that. Yeah. <laughs> no, I mean, there's, there's, there's a certain thing to be said about like natural talent with games like soccer, right? There's some people that just yeah. live and breathe it, and you're like, no matter how hard I work, this this kid's just wicked at it, you know? <laughs> yeah. 
Um, but in 2011, that's when I wanted to try and become a wrestler. So I did a tryout at a local wrestling company. I could do like all the squats, all the conditioning, everything, but I was too small. So they told me to come back when I was 18. Yeah. And when everything started. Yeah, started to get going. Wow. So, so it really was that young that you sort of began your journey. And how long then is it before we start to look at something like New Japan and you, and you uh, meet Farley? Did you have a bit of an independent career before that happened? Yeah, so I wrestled. Fuck, I was, my debut was on June 1st, 2014. So it was. I met Fale in 2014, mm-hmm. but um, 2016 is when he started to approach me about joining the dojo. Yeah, wow. Um, but I wrestled all over New Zealand for like pretty much every company, wrestled in Australia and America. Wow. So, so it, yeah. yeah, it wasn't really a ground-up scenario. I'm, sh- I'm sure it became a ground-up scenario once you enter the dojo and New Japan do things that, that way. But you were already tra- a travelling wrestler, like a journeyman yep. wrestler where, when you, uh, you joined. I trained at the Ring of Honor Dojo for like three months. Oh, wow. Um, preparation for my WWE trial at the Performance Center. So I've, I've done all, all that. Yeah. Um, because like originally New Japan wasn't, was never my, my goal. I never wanted to get into New Japan. Yeah. Um, WWE was always number one. Uh-huh. But when they told me, we don't have anything for you now, go out and get more experience. Uh-huh. That, that, like, I almost wanted to quit wrestling then because, like, getting told no is the worst thing ever. Yeah. Um, but then a month after that trial, that's when I had the New Japan New Zealand trial. Yeah. And that's when Jado and Gato told me to go train with Fale. Wow. That, that's crazy, man. Like, the, the perseverance in something like that, and, and especially I know that, like, being told no thing absolutely sucks. And for you, yeah. at that point, you, you crossed the world to do this thing you know what i mean so so close to your dream and then to be like cool go yeah. home now and you're like yeah oh bro like but yeah. i mean i you seem like the kind of person that those setbacks and stories that you told in the yeah. documentary use them as motivation so so let's delve a little bit deeper into the the before times and then we'll really get into new japan um where how do you even find like a wrestling school in New Zealand, you know, like when we, we're first like looking for things and stuff, is it just like search the internet or were you going to regular shows or like as a fan or what were you doing? Um, so like the guy who gave me all those wrestling magazines, like he had a birthday when he was like 15 uh-huh. and the birthday was a wrestling show. <laughs> um, and then like we were all oh, right on. front row and then like, I, I had no idea there was wrestling in New Zealand. I always thought that it was wrestling on TV. Yes. But just seeing, being front row and seeing all the guys, I was like, wow, maybe I can actually do this. Yeah. If, or why can't, why can't me? Yeah. And, and you know what? Local shows can be like an absolute motivator like that. That's why I got into being yep. a band. Like, you know, bands yep. are these huge things. I'd been to like big day out festivals. I'd been to things and they were like this huge rock star thing. And then a friend took me to a local show and there's just like some dudes on a stage playing their own original like metal. And I'm like, I can do this. 
this is <laughs> too, too hard. You know, if I if I work hard and I learn an instrument and just do, I can do it. And like, it yeah. would it would have felt the same for you. You're in front row. You can see it. There's a ring right here. These guys, you know, aren't exactly Batista. You know, and you're like, so maybe somebody like myself, who is kind of an athletic dude, could could potentially do that. Yep. And made it seem more yep. more obtainable, right? Yeah, definitely. Yeah. All right. So it, once once you uh, do, you then train with that company, like the one that you guys went to the show with. Are they the people you approach? Yeah. So that's the com- company. So Impact Pro Wrestling New Zealand. Mm-hmm. That's the company. Um, I did a tryout in 2011. They told me no and blah blah blah. Yeah, yeah. But then I still wanted it even more. Yeah. So then I approached another company called Maniacs United, and it, they're a right company, but, like, the first training I knew I, I wasn't ready for it. Yeah, okay. So then I decided to keep on lifting weights, trying to get bigger. Um, funny enough, Flowrider and Seamus was my inspiration to get bigger. <laughs> <laughs> strange, I don't know, strange combo. Okay. Um, <laughs> Flowrider's <laughs> sick. <laughs> I've seen him in real life. Those abs are crazy. He was, he was a singer, but like he was bigger than all. The <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, Impact was the first company that I started. Yeah. Uh, training with. Yeah, that, that's so interesting that Maniacs United was one that you touched on because I. Um, in my kind of interview series that I do over on Faces and Feels, I've done uh, interviews with Vic Craig, who had a lot to yep. do with Maniacs United, and uh, JT Hollow, who's a young up-and-comer from yeah. New Zealand. I was just editing his podcast like a day ago, like a, we recorded an interview a while ago, and he essentially did the same thing. He walked into Maniacs United. They didn't have tryouts. They were just like, jump in and, and start, and he felt comfortable that way because he was he's like a bigger... Mary boy and was like, oh, I'm, I'm a bit, you know, concerned. I won't be able to do all the squats and the jumps and stuff. And he's turned into somewhat of a young wrestling prodigy. A lot of people would say about him, like they, they think really highly of him. So it's crazy that that there's that intersection there where maniacs were, was something that you were, were briefly flirting with the idea of, you know? Yeah. No, I, I like JT. Like I met him briefly at a, at a show in 2020. Um, and he was like the only one who um, was like static and happy to be there. And like when he shook shook my hand, he like brought up like like a flower. Um, yeah, just a nice guy, real yeah, nice guy. He's and, a lovely guy. He, he's really grateful to be a wrestler. Um, when you hear his story, he almost could never do it because he had like eye issues when he was younger. He had to have an operation and stuff. So he was told he could never do anything physical. And then he realized that he wasn't going to break, and he's like, I'm just going to go for it. So his mindset is really, really, um, really impressive. Yeah. But anyway, check out JT Hollow. It's awesome. But that's not what we're here to talk about. We're yeah. talking about Michael Richards. Yeah, so you you took that as an opportunity to go, okay, I want to go to this place. I, the, they said I'm too young or whatever. I'm now going to physically work on myself to be ready for when it is time to train, yeah? Yep. Yeah, that's, that's awesome. And so when you eventually debut uh, for the first time, You've been trained there. It's now time to wrestle for the first time. Are you Michael Richards then, or do we have a sick gimmick name? I was Mike Ice. Mike Ice. There <laughs> we go. I was Mike, Mike Ice. Because I, I wasn't planning on debuting that day. Okay. But Rainer, um, he was like, um, why don't you use Mike? Mm-hmm. And then 
uh, I don't know what I wanted to be called back then. So uh-huh. they're like, all right, my guys go out there. Yeah. Sweet. And I was in a fatal four-way. <laughs> I was just going to be ice, and then it was my guys. <laughs> yeah. It's on YouTube, by the way. Um, it's, uh, yeah, my guys, fatal four-way, um, IPW. Okay. Um, but I wasn't awesome. ready. Yeah, we're fronting the link for that. We're putting it in the notes. So you can go watch. <laughs> He's like, please I'll, don't. I'll the link afterwards. <laughs> Sick, that'd be awesome. But yeah, you feel, feel like you definitely weren't ready, like at that point. Nah, nah, I, I was nervous, but it was a fatal four way, yeah. and it was a nation. So I was just paired up with this guy called Liam Fury, and he just controlled the whole match. Yeah. But you survived it though so then uh, do you then go on like is your independent career are you do you does mike i stick or is that just that one only show now uh these shows there are like these pop culture expos okay so it was like um so like heaps of different conventions like comic book conventions yeah. and there's come in and watch but um my first like live show debut match was against um aaron henry Oh yes. Um, or Impact oh, really? Yeah, that's awesome. So Hanare was also at Impact. Yep. So Aaron, myself, Dakota Kai, uh-huh. all came from my. Wow. And we all came from high school as well. So. <laughs> oh wow. Yep. So, so did you? Uh, were they in like the same year? Like, did you know them well, or you sort of knew them from around and got to know them better through training? Oh, um, so high school, I didn't, uh, Dakota finished, I think, years, years up before me. Yeah. Aaron was like year 13 when I was year nine. Um, but yeah, I've known Aaron for like 10 years, 10 years now. Yeah. But we got to know each other even more through wrestling training. Yeah. That's, that's awesome. So you guys were obviously in that class. You've wrestled with him a whole bunch of times then, I imagine. Um, yeah, we didn't really do much training matches. I've only possibly been in the ring with him maybe, well, maybe like five times. Okay. Maybe. He, only wrestling him a few times, but but knowing him quite well, how is it now seeing, you know, his success uh, as he's, you know, gone on and his trials and tribulations as a young lion, yet yep. now, you know, finally getting to the point where, you know, he's part of this huge stable, well, arguably probably kind of the most popular stable going at the moment it must be pretty cool to see that all play out yeah it's it's really inspiring to see people you've crossed paths with make it big and i feel that aaron's doing like great great at the moment and it's going to be really great when i have another singles match with him because my last singles was in 2015 so it'll be good to see how much i've improved since back then yeah um but nah, all all the best to Aaron, and I wish him the best for yeah. the future. Yeah, that's that's awesome. Are you are you currently watching him in the World Tag League, like yeah, for them? Nah, I, I'm I'm loving the World Tag League at the moment. I'm oh, it's at, been so good at 10 p.m. this time. So yeah, I'd stay up like till like 1 a.m. to watch the thing. But no, nah, I love it. I'm loving. It. It's been, it's been so good this year. Like uh, having the combination of the two different tag leagues at the same time. Is really fun. Yeah. It's like you get this nice juxtaposition between the two shows and it doesn't get too samey. It's, it's really enjoyable. Yeah. And there's a lot of new talent that's really freshened up both of those divisions. It feels it feels new for to, to see both of them. And there's no slog. Like sometimes World Tag League can be a slog. You know, uh, it's mm-hmm. right at the end of the year. We're all ready for Wrestle Kingdom and stuff like that. And we just want to 
We just want to, you know, get through this and get to January. But man, this year has been really cool. Not just the um, the tag the tag league, but also the young lions. Like I, I love watching them, like uh, Yuto Nakashima and the new one Oscar, because I helped. Oh, really? And now that, yep, I was the first person to teach Yuto how to wrestle. Wow! It, it, oh wow! Yeah. It must then it be really cool to see that like play out as a teacher. I'm now watching these guys on this platform, like doing this thing, and you know, critiquing them and, and watching it, it happen. That must be so rewarding. Yeah, like because I think in June he came over to the fellow dude, and. I was um, in charge of a three-month intake at the time. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, I I just taught like the basics, like lockups and rolls and all that. But then Tony Kazina, yes. Tony Stan came back in September, and then he gave him like like more in in detail. Yes. More experience. Yeah, that's re- that's really cool. So mm. as you as you as we go on and. Mike Ice is loose on the, on the world of pro wrestling <laughs> and doing all that. I'm sure he was like New Zealand wrestling champion a hundred times over and uh, <laughs> and uh, dominating the scene. How do you meet Farley for the first time? Was he at a show and he approached you? Did you already know who he was and you made contact? How, how did that come about? Um, so we had like trainings like every Wednesday night at um, IPW. And because he didn't have a dojo at the time, he would come to IPW and watch watch the trainings. Um, and now that years have gone by, he was scouting. He was scouting for his future. Sure. Mm-hmm. I thought he was just watching just for the hell of it, but yeah. he was scouting, and I kind of impressed him somewhere. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, nice. he, he obviously had the plans of doing the dojo or – was putting yeah. those, those you know plans in motion years before it ever became yeah. a thing. So it was already thinking about his first class and stuff like that. But the dojo has been years in the making. Yeah. And old Tamashi has been like, I'd say close to 10 years. Wow. That's, that's oh, wow. Amazing. That's amazing. Well, yeah. New Japan doesn't do anything quickly, do they? They they <laughs> they plan their moves way far in advance. Yeah, like six months. Totally- yeah, yeah, yeah. So mm-hmm. after you meet... Um, <clears throat> meeting him what's the timeline then because you said you did go and train with ring of honor had you already done that before you meet farley for the first time or you just sort of like oh yeah cool interactions and then continued on with what you were doing yeah so 2014 i met farley 2015 i was still like wrestling in new zealand doing my thing um 2016 is when he took me into his his office and he was like um I want you to be one of our first students for the Fale Dojo. Sure. Um, but the thing was, the next day, I was flying out to America. Wow. So I was like, fuck, I'm sorry. I, I'm flying out to America tomorrow for three months. And um, he was like, um, he was gutted. But I, I said I was going to come back and train with him and all that. Uh-huh. But yeah, so USA happened after I met Fale. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So were you were you slated to be the first student of the Farley Dojo? Yeah, yeah. yeah exactly. But so I think I ended up being the third uh-huh. because 2017, that's when he started doing the three-month intakes. But when he did his first intake, I was 
training in America to prepare for the WWE tryout. Yeah. And here, his first intake already started. So, yeah, I'm like the third. Yeah, wow. Third. And how did the how did the contact with uh you know training with the Ring of Honor and to you know get ready for the the tryout with WWE come about? Was that that something like you knew you knew this opportunity was was coming from WWE? Somebody had reached out, and then you um you reached out to them to prep, or was that something that they engineered for you? Um. So what? So when I went in twenty sixteen, I did a Ring of Honor training seminar uh-huh. and. I had feedback from like Christopher Daniels, Adam Cole, Jay Lethal, all those top guys. And then at the end of it, I asked um, Cheeseburger, oh, do you guys have like a training school yeah. or anything? Mm-hmm. And like, oh, yeah, yeah, we train like five nights a week. Um, and I kind of took that. And then the next year, that's when I decided, all right, I'll train with these guys for three months. Yeah. And that will help me with my WWE trial. Um, but yeah, I. WWE, they have uh, like a online application yeah. thing. Okay. So then I sent my details and everything, and then I managed to get the email from one of the, um, I think Kenyon, Kenyon Kimmon or Simon is his name. Yeah. I got his email, and then I told him, hey, I'm going to be in Orlando from this time to this time. Is there any chance you have a tryout and i just sent him all my matches my bio everything uh-huh. he said i had a great look and that's how it took off yeah oh that's a, that's awesome um where whereabouts yeah. is the ring of honor school where were you saying what were you doing it was in bristol um pennsylvania mm-hmm. but now i believe it's in maryland i think oh it was in maryland because i don't think they have a training school anymore yeah, right. Because of aid. No, yeah, it's all AEW now, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, okay then. Right, right. Um yeah. all right. So so obviously then that is what it is. Did you enjoy your time in America? Because staying there for I mean, you've obviously stayed in Japan for a period of time training and then yeah. also done the same in America. How did you find America? Because it is for some people and seems to not be for others when I hear about, you know, Australians and New Zealand guys going over there and training there. Yeah, no, I loved America. Like, I honestly want to live there one day, like maybe like close to the end of my career. Um, but yeah, no, I loved it. Like, it was kind of scary at first because, like, when I first went in 2016, I was going to be landing in Orlando, but the week before they had a fucking shooting at a gay club or something like that. Oh man, I was scared. I was so fucking scared, and I yeah. kind of didn't want to go. Either. Yeah, but um. But nah, I, I absolutely love America. Yeah, yeah, exactly. That's stressful. But it's not, it's not, hmm, right now I don't want to live there, but I don't mind going there for like a couple of weeks. Uh-huh. Yeah. And feeling that you out. Know, I don't want to live there anymore either, so it's okay. <laughs> <laughs> Curtis lives in the UK. He completely left. <laughs> exactly. And you were just back there. It didn't reignite the fire for the red, white, and blue. No. The, the, uh, once the once I saw my friends and got all the food I wanted to get, I was I was done. I was like, I'm I'm I can go home now. Yeah, I can testify. <laughs> he was like messaging me like, I miss my wife and dogs. I want to go home. <laughs> like you know what I mean. So yeah, all right then. Well, things are are what they are. We do Ring of Honor. We do the tryout. Like you said, you you, you got 
told no or we don't have anything for you right now. You've come all this way. You're probably feeling defeated. But in the back of your mind, you do know that Farley had made you an offer. So that must have been pretty exciting to go like, you know what, I'm just going to I'm gonna go this way and I'm going to throw myself into it. Yeah, it wasn't so much um, me thinking about Farley Sun's offer. It was more so the tryout that was just announced for New Japan. Because, um, no, I was talking to Aaron. Aaron was like, hey, bro, don't be so down about uh, being told no. There's always another opportunity. There's a New Japan New Zealand um, tryout. So I did the tryout. Um, yeah, it, it, it was intense. It wasn't too It was like 300 squats, a three-minute bridge, and all these other exercises. Um, but Fale-san always, always has his eye on me, so I knew I was going to do well. Yeah, yeah. Uh, um, can we can we stop for a second and just realize the fact that he just said 300 squats and a three-minute bridge isn't that intense? <laughs> <laughs> I looked at Curtis' face, like and Curtis looked exhausted thinking about it. Like, <laughs> Oh, I must have looked like a slapped ass. I was like, what the fuck? <laughs> That's so... So nonchalantly, oh, it was only this. Jesus Christ. Yeah. I'll give you three squats and a three-second bridge. How about yeah. It's funny when I when I talk to friends about New Japan and, like, how we do, like, thousand squats sometimes, they just fucking lose their minds. And I'm, I'm like, it's just another day. <laughs> another day, bro. <laughs> I don't think I've done a thousand squats in my life. I, w- I was about to ask you how many squats you think you've done in your life, Michael, because I would have uh, to think uh, it's up there. Yeah, I'll, I'll, mm, maybe like 50,000. Maybe oh, more. No, it's more than that. Come on. You did 50,000 squats in one episode on that fucking show. Yeah, I think the, the most we've ever had to do was in that Lion's Roar. Yeah. Um, it, and we kept on doing the squats to that song. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so close to 2,000. That's possibly the most I've done. In one sitting. Oh, yeah. Jesus. In one sitting. Oh my god! Yeah, oh lord. I I got back into the gym this week, which probably led to me getting injured, like I was telling you guys about off mic. But uh, I did like ten, and it was time to go home. (laughs) (laughs) And my home is only four floors above the gym. (laughs) It's like, oh yeah, it's time to go. It's a wrap on me. But uh, elevator, elevator (laughs) time. Yeah, exactly. So the the conditioning and stuff, you weren't stressed about it. It sounds like you've all over your physical yep. conditioning for a while. Um, yep. is, is it after that trial you you get another offer or does Vale pull you aside? Is he there? How does how's the mechanics of that? Yep. So he'll there. Um, so Jado, Jado-san, Gato-san was there. Fale-san was there. Um, Jado and Gato told me to go train with Fale. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I asked him about how much, because I would have to pay for my intake. Yes, and I asked him how the intake was going to cost, and he said like it was like five five grand at the time, and I was like, oh fuck, I can't afford that. So I was like, is there any general classes you guys do? Yep. And he said, yep. So I just said general classes, maybe for uh, a good five six months, and then I did the first intake in 2018 alongside Andrew Velobos. And these two other Australians. When you talk about, you know, the money to be part of the class, that's obviously like the reality of something like when you're you're putting on 
something like the Farley Dojo, right? Because it's room and board and food and all those things because you're about to like live under that roof 24 hours a day, right? Like they can't just go, come in and train and we'll keep you alive. Like there's a, there's a trade off there for sure. Yeah. Yeah, for sure, man. Like, um, basically it was like, I saved up the money and then I started training. Um, but basically like I kind of had to like, pay my way and like squats basically because like my first day we had to do we did like a thousand a thousand squats 200 lion push-ups and it was like my 23rd birthday as well so i, I was going in there thinking it's gonna be a, like an easy nice session but not nah, like a thousand squats 200 push-ups and like 5k run and is he is he doing that to like like a a drill sergeant would do in the army like to weed out the week like the you know are, are there people that show up on that first day and he makes them do a thousand squats and he makes them you know run a 5k and things like that and then and then there's just people that don't show up on day two is that yep. why he's why he's going so hard to the paint right away that that's that's what we do at the the nz dojo folly dojo um we always the first week of an intake we always put them through hell to see if they can handle it. So usually for like the first month, it's a straight, like just conditioning only. Second month is conditioning. Third month is pro wrestling. But usually we had, we had a guy uh, run away overnight because he couldn't handle it the first day. Yeah. Just so packed we, his we, shit and got out. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like he left at like 3am, <laughs> left his key on his bed and then he, went back to america was it fucking me like <laughs> <laughs> that'd be he's my like, move i'm out of here the night's watch <laughs> yeah he's out, so in japan and yeah we kind of um do the same things as they do in japan yeah then how long how long were you at the Farley dojo before you went to the actual new japan dojo so i I started doing general classes in September 2017 and then first intake June 2018 and then I went to Japan in October 2018. So around about close to a year, Yeah, I was at Faludo wow. and then I went to Japan for three months and then when I was in Japan, that changed my fucking life. Yeah. Hardest thing I do. Wow. So even after a year at Fale Dojo when you went yeah. to the new Japan dojo, it was still yeah. like, holy fuck. Yeah. I, I, I wanted to quit pro wrestling in the first week. That's how bad it was. You're the um, one, you're the one leaving even, your key and sneaking out. In the middle of the night. Yeah. I, was even, like, I was on my phone looking for Ubers to get to the airport. That's how bad it got. Really? Oh but my God. I just thought about um, guys like, Okada-san, Tanahashi-san, they went through the same thing that I did. So if they're at that level, why can't I get to that level too? So that that's kind of how I kept on pushing. Yeah. It's like if I just go through the motions, this is a proven yeah. system. It's 100% proven yeah. to not only make stars, but to make you a part of a company that's very loyal to their people. You know, like when you look at their roster and things like that, like when you've been through that system, you are New Japan. And they look after yep. their people the the same way their people look after them. So, was yep. it was that what it was? You're having all these thoughts, and you're like, if I can prove myself and I can get through this, I I can be this. Yeah, 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like I, I, at the back of my mind, I knew I was only going to be there for three months uh-huh. and I, I was like, fuck it. Let's just do this. And then you can rest back home in New Zealand. Yeah. Um, but it wasn't the wrestling and the training that was the hard part. It was the etiquette. It was learning Japanese culture, like doing all the senpai's laundry. That's what I found the hardest because I was never really used to that. I was never exposed to that before. Yeah. Uh-huh. Um, because Fale-san always told me, and he tells everyone this wrestling in this business, it's 10% is wrestling. It's the 90% that matters the most. What you do outside of the ring is what matters the most. Yeah. Yeah, that's huge. And I, I suppose, like, learning that kind of, like, humility and subservience, you know, in that where you, you are just the lowest rung on that totem pole would be yeah. a pretty kind of wild culture shock for any of us in Western society because we are, yeah. like, you know... Uh, we are given a lot and it can sometimes be hard to sort of be grateful, I guess, in Western society because we have so much. And I'm not saying we're not grateful for the things we have, but there's like a level that's different. You know what I mean? And then when you're, when you were like dropped down, like all the way, I, I assume after a year in the file, dojo, you're essentially top dog, you know, or like close to it. I know you're one of, you know, the the main kind of guys that does the training and you've been there a long time. So you would feel like, I am a young lion. I know what I've been doing. I've been doing this a year. I've been working really hard. And then you go and it's just like, like to the yeah. bottom, that would that would have maybe been been one of the hardest things, right? Yeah, because, um, yeah, it was, it was so different. Uh, Fale-san didn't teach us um, all the, like, counting in Japanese and Japanese phrases. Um which I understand he wants us to learn it ourselves. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, that was really, um, re- really hard for me. But like, I, I w- got through it with, because, and I was there with um, Andrew as well. Yeah, okay. And we were working with guys like Shota, Umra, Suji, Narita, fucking outstanding class, and we were with them. Yeah. So I'm grateful for that. I'm grateful for that three months. And I took what I learned during that three months um, in Japan. And then I brought it back to um, New Zealand. And that's when I started teaching everyone all the Japanese etiquette and everything. Wow. Okay. So it was from you guys going to Japan that led to like the Japanese counting stuff like you see in the Lions Raw documentary. And, yep. and the the yelling the phrases and doing all that, you guys, you brought that back with you and started yep. implementing that in the Fale Dojo. Yeah, I I think that's what Fale-san wanted. I knew, I think he didn't want to do it. I think he, he sent me and Andrew to Japan to get the ball rolling. Yeah, okay. Um, but if I could go back in time, I, I, I don't, I didn't think I was ready to go to Japan for three months. I think I should have done more in New Zealand first. Okay. But I bet Fale-san just wanted to get the ball rolling, get New Zealand scene rolling to eventually get to Tamashii. Yeah, yeah. It, it's it's really interesting that you've um, you've really adopted that New Japan mindset. Like you, you, the whole thing is building, right? And you're like, I, I need longer and there's more to learn and stuff. Because a lot of people now, and I interview a lot of independent wrestlers and stuff, People are stars on the internet and wrestling and GCW and things like that. And they've been wrestling for like 
nine months because they like you know do some courses and stuff and they hit some gifts and and people really like it and people carry them through stuff and and they're just pro wrestlers out there but you're like living this very humble lifestyle you're like i'm part of this huge thing where i'm kept in my station it's like black trunks it's black boots i'm not expressing myself i'm learning this craft you know and that must be hard like you're watching your friends you know what i mean on wwe in new japan and things like that and you're like i am just here forever but you know that there's a goal in mind and you're working to become the best possible version of yourself and the best wrestler you can. I think there's something really to be said about the kind of dedication and work ethic that that fucking takes because I'm, I'm not sure I can even imagine what that takes. You know what I mean? And, and when you talk about sitting there looking at your fucking phone, like I'm getting an Uber and I'm getting the hell out of here. I'm sure those thoughts have probably come through your head many times, you know, over the years. What so what what keeps you going like in those moments, you know? Fuck, I even felt like quitting last year, to be honest. Yeah. Because um Really? Yeah, yeah. I, I was fucking depressed. I honestly was pretty suicidal at one point, but never mind that. Oh, um God. yeah, I'm being done because like as you progress through a young line it doesn't get easier, it gets harder because you've got to um, be in charge of all the new guys you come through. Yeah, more responsibility. Yeah. Unlike Japan, like Japan, it's pretty much every man for himself. Yeah. Your doggy dog mentality. But with New Zealand, we get 12, 15 guys every intake. We have three intakes a year. Sure. So we've got 15 guys, all the Japanese etiquette. And then once they leave, a new 15 guys come in. We've got to teach them the same thing. Yeah. And it was just frustrating because Fale-san, he kept on grilling me for for fucking up all the time. And I was like, fuck, I just can't take this anymore. Yeah. So I honestly felt like just giving up. Yeah. But um, in that time, I realized why I started it in the first place. And then just, yeah, just think about why I started it's so very inspiring to see, like, you know, you, you say how many times you've wanted to quit, how many times you've wanted to walk away, you know, and like that, that's, that's one of the things specifically that I wanted to interview you about because when, you know, we, we first uh, got introduced to you via the, the, the young lions cup. Mm. And like, when, when you were there, like, I mean, you say in the documentary, like you didn't make the best impression no. and we've seen since then, you've turned yourself into, you know, you're doing bodybuilding now, you're, you're, you know, being the best thing that you can be. And like me, myself, like I I wouldn't have ever even gotten to the point of making the Young Lions Cup, let alone, let alone having a bad showing and going home and doing something about it. Like you did, like I would have quit, but I would have quit long before then. So like seeing the fact that you've, you've, taken that and turned it into like fuel for your fire is fantastic yeah. man it's so like, inspiring man. it's such a cool story and i'm yeah. so glad they did that documentary that people got to see that story because as you told that like there was a lot of people and i heard people talk about it on the internet and things like that that related with that you know what i mean like your your story is like like a character and and your journey when it's all said and done and with your work ethic and as everything goes through like 
it's all going to be worth it, man. And it's so, and it's going to be one of the most inspiring stories in Ujiban history. I believe you, like you will 100% get there. And I think everybody will know because I mean, are, are you currently the longest rate, like longest running young lion, like in New Japan? Um, I'd say so, but I'm not a young lion anymore. Okay, uh, you're through now. No, 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 yeah. no. So when you, That's so we fine. haven't seen Tamashi. It may have been before that, so apologies if we're not on top of it. So you, you have graduated the class. Now, I mean, you, I'm sure you graduated a hundred times over in this, but you're not officially, as far as like the New Japan sort of rankings or whatever, go a, a, a young line now. You're Michael Richards, the, the dude. Yeah, yeah. Um, I, I want to call myself the relentless Kiwi. Yeah. Um. Yeah. I, I've officially graduated at the moment. Um. Just working to find who I am more. Yeah. Um. So now I want to go out travel overseas and wrestle wherever I can. Yes. Yeah. Well, that's that's awesome to finally get to that point and and yeah. be through it. But, like, uh, yeah, I, I think I am one of the longest running, longest serving young lions. Yeah. Um, which I don't mind. Everyone's got their own story. Like, for so long in my career, I've always compared myself, compared my journey to other people. Like, Jay, for example. Jay, Jay White is, like, the guy who I'm trying to chase. Yeah. Because he kind of came through the same background yeah. as me. Uh-huh. And so he's the one guy who I'm trying to... Face. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And I mean, yeah, you can't. Everybody has their their own journey to run, you know? And and I think that your your story will, will be what it is. And like, and like you say, all of the... All of the things you've been through, like, all of that makes you a better pro wrestler. None of it was yeah. wasted time. You know what I mean? Like it's all like it, it's all the craft and everything. So let's let's rewind to the 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 cup because were you was that when you were training in the dojo at the time or did you come there specifically from New Zealand to to do that show? Um, so the Young Lion Cup happened. Um, it was when Tony Tony Kazina was. In America, so I was essentially the coach at the time for three months from June to August. Um, so I was too busy teaching them; I wasn't uh, working on myself as much. Yes. So uh, a bad timing, but uh, I should have been in there with the guys doing the training and everything because I was still a young line at the time. Uh-huh. Uh But yeah. So it, it's what it was. Yeah, um, yeah. Yeah. So after that intake finished, it was a week off, and then we went to Japan. Yeah, exactly right. Oh, wow. Yeah, wow. yeah. Exactly. <laughs> that's <laughs> intense. That's nuts. But yeah, that that's interesting to say because uh, when you talk about you know your physical conditioning, obviously somebody that's been very physical, uh, and then maybe not being as sort of happy with with how it was come the cup. It was yeah. directly related to your responsibilities and trying to learn how to balance, you know, teaching students yeah. and and do things at the same time. Yeah. Like I was, I was lifting weights, but um, my diet was trash. That's why I was like 115 kgs when I was over there. Um, I was doing the reps in the gym, but I wasn't doing the reps in the ring like what I should have been doing. Yeah, because I think 
found out I was going to be going to Japan in July, uh-huh. but I didn't know that I was going to be in the Young Lion Cup. Yeah. So I found out on Twitter, just the same as everybody else in the world, that I was going to be in the Young Lion Cup. Jesus oh Christ. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Oof. I'm going to be in the Young You've got to stay ready in this business, eh? There's no, there's no getting ready. It's all staying ready. That's and that was, that was when, 2019? 2019, yeah. Yeah. And so you've, you're you in there with dudes like Shota, Carl Fredericks, the, like yep. like dudes who look like like gods. Yeah. And you're like, oh, man, I've been eating like shit. <laughs> yeah. Oh, mate. That, like, that's got to that's got to play hell on your psyche. There, there's a certain picture that's floating around on um, uh, I think I've got it saved somewhere. You've got like Carl Fredericks, Alex Coughlin, Clark Connors, and then you've got this pasty white guy in the ring. At... <laughs> oh, no. It looks horrible, but um, it's all part. Of me. Yeah, absolutely. I know. I know. You said on the um, uh, on the documentary, you talked about you know how you know, you received like negative feedback and things like that. And again, yep. another opportunity where you could have gone, yo, this is too much. Like I, I can't, I can't balance these responsibilities. These dudes hate me. This is a fucking waste of time. Yep. I, I need to go live a life, you know, but yep. again, your dedication, you're like, no, I'm going to show everybody that I can be as good, if not better than everybody else. And, and that, that's amazing, man. Like, as much as the Young Lion Cup sucked for me, like, there wasn't a point after it that I wanted to quit because I yeah, wanted to fucking get back there and prove them wrong. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I, I just want to fucking... So I turned my life around. I I got a trainer, um, Tangi. He, he was in the uh, documentary. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. I did a bit of bodybuilding. And, yeah, now I'm just fucking hungrier than ever to get back there. Yeah, that's awesome. Show Love everybody that. what's up. Fuck right. yeah, dude. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. That's that's so cool, man. Um, so then I get I guess we we're talking twenty nineteen in the timeline. It's it's very soon after that. January we're talking about COVID comes and ruins everybody's fucking time and, yeah. and everything locks down and the and the events of the um the events of the, the documentary play out and that that in itself is quite a mental mental journey i mean your whole whole journey's so mental so much mental toughness required because now you're talking about what feels like the end of the world uh it, it doesn't yeah. it maybe is easy to kind of look over that time like oh you know no big deal and every, everything worked out okay it was a big deal it was a very big deal and it was very scary you know and you're like running training sessions and you don't know if you're allowed to be there and there's police knocking on the door and all that how's that from your point of view like I mean, you, you've got to so, be thinking about leaving at that point as well. 2020 was supposed to be fucking massive. Like, yeah. I, I wrestled an a indie show, and I, I was supposed to wrestle all around the world. Um, I was actually supposed to go back to Japan in 2020. Yeah. Fucking COVID. Yeah. Um, mm. but, um, so then everything had to be put on hold for two years. Yeah. So Tamashii was actually supposed to happen in 2020. Wow. Because, it, it, uh, like, at, at the time leading up to that, like, New Japan were doing, like, pretty regular tours of Australia. I, I know I went to them. You know what I mean? They were doing, like, annual tours. Uh, it was the hottest it had ever been, you know, and, mm-hmm. and they were picking up that steam. So that, that makes completely logical sense in the timeline because it was like they were almost beginning to, you know, pick up that 
that momentum and go, cool, and now we can see this audience is here and we're going to put something regular in place? Yeah. Um, yeah, so we did – so during COVID, we had to have a couple of lockdowns. Yes. So, like, we, we couldn't leave the house for, like, three months. We only could leave to do supermarket shopping and all that. But then, like, COVID kind of died for a bit. Yeah. And we went, like, six, seven months without any COVID cases. And as soon as we got one new COVID case, the country was in lockdown for another six months. Yeah, because from... That was during, yeah, that... that was during filming, and that fucked everything up. Yeah, wow. It, um... Like, from Australia, like, we were hearing about kind of New Zealand, and it was that. It was like, they didn't fuck about, they locked it down the entire place. Now everybody's, like, living like normal kind of thing, but they weren't playing any games with it at all. Um, For you, like, once it comes back around, was that the, the point in the documentary where it was like, everybody get your shit and get to the dojo now if you're gonna train, otherwise live in the house. You know, when the house divides kind of thing? Was was that yeah. at the point? Yeah. So they gave us two options. They said, you can either train at the house or train at the dojo. Um, initially, I went to the house, but then a week being at the house, I felt that it wasn't right for me to be there. Uh-huh. So then I went to the dojo at like 1am, hoping no cops would see me um, going from... <laughs> Sneaking <place>. in. Yeah. <laughs> I moved um, back to the dojo and trained with um, Philo-san and Tony-san yeah. during that docker. Yeah, yeah, yeah. How far away is the house from the dojo? Uh, only like a 10-minute drive. Okay, yeah. So it's, it's not really, but the house, you're living with like 15 guys. And yeah, it just got a bit too much for me when I was at uh, training at the house. Yeah. Because there's a ring at the house as well. Yeah. Um, so we could have do heaps of matches over there and everything. Uh-huh. It um, it it would be heavy, and I'm I mean I'm sure it is heavy. Do you like when there's intakes and stuff? Are you do you still live in the house, or do you have your own place and you can kind of come and go from it now? Nah. So I was living at the dojo from February twenty up until August this year, and that's when Falesan gave me the green light to fucking move out because I've, I've earned it. Yeah, yeah. exactly. So right nice. Dude, that would be uh, dealing with fucking that many housemates for that long, dude. Like yeah. I would, I'd be like, fine, like you need to move me out of here. I'm about to murder everybody yeah. up in this entire place. Like there's only, <laughs> there's one shower. You have to wait so very long to, oh. to have a shower. It's, yeah, it's pretty oh, rough. No. Dude, I, I, I mentioned before, like I used to be in a band and when we would tour, like I swear, we, we had this great idea this one time. We're like, you know what? Let's save on hotels and stuff. Let's hire a Winnebago and we'll just like start in Queensland and we'll just like drive, right? And all live in this thing. Six guys together, it'll be great. In the back of a fucking camper van, like sleeping on top of each other. Me and the merch guy, we we got the we got the roughest. Everybody was in sleeping in twos, but we got the the dining table used to fold into a bed, and in the middle of the night, like a piece would fall out, and it would just just collapse. I remember pulling into like Melbourne, and like I just got out of the the camper van. I just grabbed my backpack and just started walking away. Like, and the guys like, yeah. "Where are you going?" And I'm like, "This is nine in the morning." I'm like, "When's the show?" And they go ten tonight, and I'm like, "Cool." 
I'll see you then. And they're like, where are you going? And I'm like, away from you. And I just like went to the city and just like had went to a cinema on my own in silence and like ate for instance, just because I needed to be away from other humans. Like, and these are some of my favorite people in the world, but I'm like, I can't even look at you guys. And then after the tour was done, we didn't rehearse or be a band for like over three months. We didn't even speak to each other. Not because we fought or anything like that. It's just like, I just can't look at you anymore, dude. I just can't fucking be in your presence. So I imagine for you, and especially in a training situation where it's all dudes and fucking sweat and smelly and you, you're telling people what to do and people don't want to do it. And you must be like, I'm going to fucking, I'm going to lose it here. Like, I think I've nearly had like three fights or a couple of fights with uh, some of the the guys during, during training yeah I'm just gonna whoop do anything about it. I'm just gonna shoot on this dude <laughs> oh my god well I'm I'm glad you're free of that and like you say you've earned it at this point and you can you know be trusted to come and go and still run classes and do all the things yep. but also earn the right to like live a human life which is pretty amazing. Sleep yeah. in your own bed, play your own yeah. video games, take your shower whenever you want it. You must have felt like the teenager who just got the keys to the car from dad. And you're like, I'm going out. Felt so great. Uh, Farley tosses move. you the keys to the Hummer. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, now I'm, yeah, now I'm just trying to save up to find my own place. Because like, I, I, I love uh, being with my parents and all, but I'm just too big and I just take up too much space. <laughs> Like all the food in the house yeah. I'm bringing, it's just not enough space. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Now, Curtis, you missed this because you had to run away from the table, but Michael was telling us he also has a pug. I knew you'd want to know that information. I've got a... <laughs> <laughs> I knew we were bros! I yeah. knew we were bros. <laughs> got a little five-year-old uh, black pug. Oh, is it a little boy, little girl? Uh, little girl. Little girl. Oh, what's her name? Uh, Lulu. That's cute. That's the best. That's the oh, fucking best. Yeah. Curtis has turned. Oh, that's the the you had a picture. You had a picture of Lulu yeah. on your Facebook, yeah. didn't you? That's where yeah. I saw it. Okay. All right. Okay. <laughs> do do Rowan it again with Dogcast, now. but but yeah, I I think we're all dog people, so we have to we have to bring it back. It must be nice to be at home, like having a pet. You know what I mean? Yeah. Versus like, yeah. you know, that's not a possibility Versus when you live in a dojo. Having like. 15 nerds as a pet. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, I mean, we do have um, have a cat, just a stray cat who came to um, uh, the Mangare house, the dojo house. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Um, the dojo cat. Um, that's rad. We don't know where it came from. It just, we just called dojo cat. And yeah. <laughs> that's its name, dojo cat. It just lives there. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So l- tell us a little bit about Tamashi. So it um it hasn't aired on New Japan World, but from what I could see on social media and photos and stuff, it looks like the, the events, both the New Zealand event and the, you know, Sydney event look like they went off. They looked absolutely amazing. How was it for you to, to finally get that opportunity? An opportunity that you had to wait two years for, essentially. <laughs> Fuck, it was the, possibly the weekend I've had in fucking... Christchurch was awesome. I think we did like 650 people. Yeah, um, awesome. We wanted more numbers, obviously, but just just wrestling again after two two years was was phenomenal. Yeah. Um, it was pretty gutting not being able to face Jeff Cobb. 
Yes. Um, but oh, yeah. It's a shame. You can't help that. You can't help that. And I wish him all the best. Yeah. Um, but I ended up facing one of our dojo guys, Richard Mulu. Oh, yeah. Um, so it was kind of cool because yeah. I was his debut match for New Japan. I, I kind of led that match. Yeah. Um, so it's kind of say that I was his first match. Yeah. Um, That's awesome. Sydney, we um, wrestled at Liberty Hall. And I found out that it's Max Watts, which PWA does, used to do most of their shows. Yes. Mm-hmm. And it was kind of called Wrestle there. Yeah. It was like a, apparently it was like um, where like rock bands do like their shows and yes. all that. Mm-hmm. Like a music venue. Yeah, it is. Uh, but Sydney knocked it out of the park. Both shows were fucking amazing. Oh, dude. It, it, do you think it's it speaks a little bit to how your mindset's changed over these years that like, I think a lot of people would be like, oh, Cobb's out. That's my opportunity. I'm kind of down on the the entire thing. It's like, oh, man, that was kind of really thing. But to me, I'm hearing like, oh, I was able to give an opportunity and help someone else. You know what I mean? You were able to be that for Richard Mulu, what Cobb was kind of going to be for you. You know, like that, yeah. that changed. And it sounds like you found satisfaction in that. And I, I think that's really cool, you know, because a lot of people could go, well, this is another huge hurdle you know, in my journey, yeah. and, I, and I'm bummed on it, you know? Yeah, it's it, it kind of, because, um, like, me and Richard, we did, like, quite a few training matches on the lead-up to Tamashii. Yes. So it kind of worked out perfectly that we just do the same thing, but yeah. in front of a crowd. Uh-huh. And he, he was a little bit nervous, but he, he did well. Yeah, that's awesome. So over the shows, what were your matches between between the different shows? Um, oh, what were my yeah. matches on the shows? Yeah, on the television uh, shows. Rich in Christchurch. <laughs> and Sydney, it was me and Andrew versus Ricky Self and Caveman Ugg. Ah, yes, exactly. Two huge yeah. staples uh, in PWA. Yeah, yeah. Now, uh, Ricky, Ricky is amazing. Ugg, I kind of, because uh, he came to the dojo in 2019. Okay. And I, w- I was training him. So I, I knew what to expect. Like his chops are fucking brutal. Yeah, I still got sword from us. <laughs> That's it. it um, it's crazy now that like there's so many of these people you know staples in the wrestling scene. Where you're like, yeah, I trained them when, when they were in the New Zealand dojo. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> but I've I've a feeling now that Tamashi has started, we're going to get more um, prominent. Uh, guys from Australia and New Zealand come to the dojo. Yeah. Um, I, yeah, guys like um, Grayson Waller, he was supposed to come to the dojo yes. in 2019, yep. but he had to do Survivor and everything. Yes. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, so many guys, like the Philippe's, they're <laughs> outstanding, incredible. Um, so I'm just wanting more guys, more wrestlers to come through the dojo now. Yeah. Because what's yeah, what's what's your day like for uh, when you when you wake up and you're tra- you're doing training uh, for for these people that are on the intakes? What's what's your day like when you get there now? Because you're not you're not up at the crack of dawn anymore. You get to to set your own schedule a little bit. Yep. Um. So yeah, me me living at home, I still have to be at the dojo five days a week. So I wake up at eight a.m. Oh, well, seven thirty a.m. I go to the dojo, and I pretty much just. Look, overlook all the all the lions doing their cleaning and everything, and if their cleaning isn't um, 
isn't on point, that's when the punishment begins. Boston so that's crap. when we give <laughs> thousand <laughs> that shit. So I'm the one giving them the punishment. Ah, refreshing. <laughs> Ooh. But, yeah, so You're the I, drill I'm sergeant at, now. Yeah, I'm at the dojo every day and I'm the one who puts them through the conditioning. Yeah. And Tony Khan puts them through um, the wrestling and everything. So I'm, yeah, I'm there from like 8 a.m. to uh, 12 in the afternoon. Yeah. What, what, what are the, the plans going forward? Because I hear Tamashi that they want to make that more regular. And, and what, yep. what's your focus? What, what keeps you going now? And, and where, where's Michael Richards heading? So right now, my focus is just because uh, I think I'm going to be doing another bodybuilding show in may wow so right now i'm with the coach get bigger and then he's going to work on me getting more shredded and all that jazz so another show's on the road more shredded jeez dude more shredded. <laughs> michael's like you know yeah, it's not hard shredded. enough uh training for so many years and doing a million squats what i've got to really do is cut weight and <laughs> and go through a bodybuilding <laughs> process on top of every, that as well. every time you post pictures on twitter you're just looking like absolutely like Bruce Lee, like it's it's nuts, and you're talking about getting more shredded. That's nuts, man. How does that affect your conditioning as far as like the bulking and things like that that you're doing? Like, are you finding uh, a middle ground there? Um, so, uh, right now I'm currently bulking, so I can. I, I'm still on the meal plan, but I'm allowed a cheat meal like once a week and all that. But when it comes to wrestling, I don't want to get too shredded, too lean. Because when you don't, when you're too lean, you don't have that much body fat, and that's what absorbs like all the bumps and everything yes. like that. So who want to find that common ground? Um, but yes, yeah, right now I'm just focused on the bodybuilding show, and there may be another Tamashi tour coming up early next year. I don't know where. Oh, but you heard it here first. Yeah, I think there's a couple, quite a bit of tours planned. Yeah, for next year. That's awesome. And have you had talks about returning to Japan at any point? Not yet. Uh, but Falesan, because I think I'm wanting to go to New York for news. Mm-hmm. Um, but Falesan said, keep that free because they may need you for Wrestle Kingdom. Yeah, wow. Uh, yeah. That'd be so cool. It rumbles on the, on the pre-show and that they, they might need me. Yeah. So I'm just keeping my schedule free. Yeah, absolutely. Um, just yeah. stay ready. Because, uh, yeah. yeah, you never know, yeah. right? And the, like you said, New, mm. New Japan's way of announcing things, you find out with everybody else on Twitter that you're in the Young Lion Cup. Yep. Next thing you know, yeah. you're, you're in the Rambo, or you're in an opening match or whatever, and you didn't even know what was coming. Yeah, yeah definitely. Yeah. yeah. Um, so right, let's, now just, let's... right now I'm just trying to stay no, ready so I don't have to get ready you know what i mean exactly yeah. absolutely let's do a little bit of a lightning round i got a couple of i got a couple of questions about your your future here okay mm-hmm. one person in new japan that you want to wrestle let's go who is it do what all right good one i Coming dig that it. i dig yeah, that yeah, yeah. what faction appeals to michael richards are you going to follow you going to follow in Fale's footsteps and, and and join the bullet club or are you looking at somebody else uh, um, yeah, I, I think, I think Bullet Club, yeah, Bullet Club for me. Yeah. Nice. All right. Dig it. Okay. So 
the the Noge Dojo, those guys are very disciplined. They they are very um, straightforward. The LA Dojo has kind of like a jock vibe. What's the New Zealand Dojo? Uh, we're we're quite um we're kind <laughs> we're we're pretty different. Like um you got Andrew who's a bit of a like a clown, Jake who's kind of like really intense. I'm kind of like in between, so we're quite quite a mixture of uh, personalities here. Um, but I want to bring that, I want to bring a better look than the LA Dojo guys. And they're, they're going to be tough to beat because Alex Coughlin, he's a fucking machine at the moment. Yeah, yeah he is. See, and uh, I mean, those, those like four kind of pillars of the LA Dojo, they're all posting photos looking like models and stuff like together, <laughs> like all dressed to the nines and stuff like that. So yeah. you guys are looking to try and uh, outshow them a little bit when that opportunity arises. Well, we we want to do the best that we can, um, and yeah, when the time comes that we can compete against one another, we'll be good. But right now, we haven't really um, gone out as much, yeah, as a as a like a group. Yeah. But when we do, we all know who we are and what we are. Absolutely. I mean, you guys have had the right opportunity on. to marinate in it for mm. so long. You know, like the world being what it was, you guys probably would have been seen a lot sooner. And you talk about yep. staying ready, you know, so you don't need to get ready. That's where you guys are at now, right? So it's like unleash us on the world yeah. and see what happens. Yeah. I mean, Andrew, he had the opportunity to face Kenta. So he kind of showed them, showed what it was all about. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. That's awesome. So here, here's another one. We haven't had a chance to see Michael Richards, the finished product here, the, the, the graduated young lion. Now, no longer black trunks, now blue trunks, right? We yeah. haven't had a chance to see that Michael Richards. Who, what, what is your, what would you say your style is? Brawling, are you technical? Are you flying around? How would you describe yourself to someone uh, who hasn't seen you wrestle yet? Uh, I'm more of a brawler. Like, uh, you won't, you'll never see me on the top rope. You'll never see me get too technical. <laughs> I, just want, I, just, I just want to beat people up and throw people around. <laughs> Um, mm, beat wholesale ass. Yeah, yes. Like, Randy Orton is like my guy. Okay. So I've, I'm kind of trying to go towards his route. Um, but I don't want to be like an exact copy. Yeah. So I'm just mm -hmm. taking things from Randy Orton, maybe something from Triple H, something from Jay White, and just combine into one. Yeah. Nice. Awesome. Dig it. What's your, uh, what's your finish at the moment? So it's called For the Kill. It's a swinging fisherman neckbreaker. Oh, okay. That's yeah. interesting. Uh, I love it. Um, you mentioned Jay White being sort of on your hit list or somebody you want to wrestle. Do you yep. do you know Jay? Did you get opportunity to wrestle with him coming up? We, we didn't really have a chance to talk about so, him as much. Yeah, so when I first met Fale, I told him about my goals, about wanting to go overseas and everything. And he told me to reach out to a guy called Jay White. And this was when he was still um, in the dojo as a young boy. Yeah. So we used to, um, uh, I used to talk him about for advice and everything. And we just started talking, talking, talking. He came over in 2015. Um, well, he was still a young line. I think he had the chance to wrestle. And then he remembered me and he said, if there's anything you ever need, just reach out to me and um, I'll look after you. Um and fuck. so I, I still message him sometimes to this day and he gives me feedback on like diet and everything like that. Yeah. Um 
So yeah, no. Nah. Uh, I've never wrestled him, but he's the one guy who I want to wrestle. And because he's like top guy in New Zealand, so I want to get to that level. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, arguably the top guy in New Japan as well at the moment, right? <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Arguably the most shredded guy. So yeah. you really want to get there too. <laughs> uh, I, maybe a little bit bigger. Yeah. We'll see. Heard that here. Michael Richards calling <laughs> Jay White small. Compared to him. <laughs> <laughs> we'll start this beef now. We'll get it, we'll get it going. Yeah, we'll get it going for you. Yeah, absolutely. Have you got any more lightning questions there for him, Curtis? Um, uh, I think I think that's I think that's covered. My next one was gonna be like talk about your finisher, but yeah, that's uh that's good. Um yeah, I think we're good to go, man. I've got I'm I'm out of lightning round questions. No, that's totally fine. I wasn't prepared for the lightning round, so uh, <laughs> I enjoyed it as far as it goes. Oh well, man. I I get I guess as we start start to wrap up here, um, what can we tell the fans uh, that are getting ready for Tamashi to uh, appear on New Japan World and excited to watch it? Like, what can they expect from the shows? You can expect a lot more new faces, a lot, a very different style of wrestling. Um, but it's going to be something different that no one's ever seen before. And just the start of something new, like High School Musical. But um, yeah, it's going, be, it's going to be great. It's going to be great. And this is the beginning of something huge. And 2023 is just going to be a massive year for all. That's awesome. Well, I got to say, I didn't expect a high school musical reference, but uh, I'm glad, I'm glad we got there. Um, I want I want to thank you so much for your time, dude. And I mean, I mean, we've said it in this show, but it, your work ethic is just so impressive. Like the amount of work you've had, and to now finally see you getting to this point where it's all starting to to happen. You know, like that. It's just that patience, that New Japan patience, but. We're going to get there eventually and, and being along for that ride and seeing it play out is all going to be worthwhile and it's all going to be the fucking sweeter when you pin Jay White's shoulders to the mat and become the new IWGP champion, <laughs> <laughs> Michael Richards. New leader of Bullet Club. Yeah, exactly. That's awesome. Tell the people where to find you on social media and all those things so they can uh, follow in the journey. So on Instagram, I'm MJ Richards NZ. And on Twitter, I am MR Richards NZ. That is that's what you awesome. Can that's what you do. Curtis, tell the people where to find you and us on social media. Well, uh, you can find me on social media, Instagram, and for as long as Twitter is still around, at LDestructo83. You can find this show on Twitter and Instagram at Okada Shorts for some reason. And that wasn't taken. It astounds me every time. I, I figured it would, you know, somebody would have parked it years ago. Uh, you, you can find our uh, our our beautiful benefactors, the Countout Podcasting Network. You can find them at Countout Pod on all those uh, lovely social medias. Uh, we also have a Patreon if people would like to uh, help donate a little bit of money to the Countout Podcasting Network. Uh, if you find the nice stupidity of our giving away a free show business model to be oddly charming and would like to give us gifts of money, you can do that at patreon.com slash countoutpod. Uh, that'll go to help a lot of cool podcasters do a lot of cool podcast things, and we appreciate it very much. 
Uh, so, Rafe, you want to tell people where they can find you on social media? Yep, absolutely. Thank you, my dude. It is at Faces Feels Cast to check out my interview series, Faces and Feels, where I speak to independent wrestlers from all around the world. Uh, and besides that, we also have a link tree. Uh, what is it? Link.tr.e. I forget how it works. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Okada Shorts and same for Faces Fields Cast, where you can find links to all of our things, including at Riff Your Pod, our friend Owen, who made the banger theme for this show. So if you are a wrestler, looking at you, Michael, or anybody else that <laughs> that, that needs their own dope music, hit my boy up because he will take care of you. All right. I think with that, we have covered nearly everything we need to cover. So, Michael, one last time, I want to thank you so much for your time and for everybody out there. Rate and subscribe. Listen or die. Keep it right. Keep it tight. And most importantly, keep it what? Short. Alongside Andrew Villobos and these two other Australians. Yeah, okay. Um, so, so, is it roulette over there? Yeah. <laughs> Michael's playing craps on the on the other side of the table. <laughs> Are you gambling while we're trying to record? Now, um, Chris uh, laughing at his own joke. Yeah, I, okay. am, I am laughing at my own joke. Uh, I can pull this back. So, Caddy, pull it. <laughs> outtakes, outtakes. He's very tight. Cut that, cut that, cut that. He's very that, tight. That. Exactly, exactly. Right. Um, so, yeah. This has been a Count Out Podcast.